0: Statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. White being chased, throws in the flat, passes complete to Clayton, first down and then some. Goodbye, Mark Clayton! To the 10, to the
1: 5, touchdown! There you go. 20 years ago today in Boulder, Colorado, Mark Clayton said, it's done, it's over, I'm calling game. I'm taking one sixty yards to the house, pushing it to a two-score game. OU, uh, number one OU, I should say, beats Colorado 34-20 that night in Boulder, Colorado to move OU to 8-0 on the season, and Mark Clayton, one of the all-time greats, that's for sure. Got a lot of highlight plays, but that touchdown against CU 20 years ago today uh, ranks up there, Travis, maybe is, uh his best all-time highlight. He's, he's got a few, but that one ranks up there pretty high.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, I would imagine that a lot of people have uh, all-time highlights against Kansas in, in, in this stretch, right, Tyler?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of accuracy with that. But man, twenty years ago today, jeez, jeez, you're getting old. I am getting old. That was my first trip uh, to Boulder, and my only trip to uh, Boulder to watch a football game back when it was a Big 12 game in uh, 2003. Oh, right, right, right. Speaking of Big 12 games, we kind of look up here, and all of a sudden we got a we got a fun little race here for the conference championship game. It was just uh, so many people thought it was OU in Texas, like book it buy your tickets mark it down it's going to be an OU and Texas rematch in the Big 12 championship game and man we're we're far from that i mean OU's 4 and 0 leading the conference right now but Iowa State's at 3 and 1 Oklahoma State's at 3 and 1 Texas is at 3 and 1 and Kansas State is at 3 and 1 Texas won't have their starting quarterback for a few weeks maybe for the remainder of the regular season and they have to go to that 3 and 1 Iowa State team and they still have to play that 3-1 Kansas State team at home. So you and I can uh, give our uh, midseason prediction on this, but we want the text line to get involved as well, 405-651-3439. Now that you know the, the standings, and now that you know that it's going to be Malik Murphy for the time being for Texas, who do you think is playing the conference championship game in early December? Is it OU and Texas? What are we talking about here? or are we going to get back to a lot of OU-Kansas State predictions, what we had before the season? I don't know, Travis. How, how are you feeling going into game eight for OU?
2: Well, it's I, – I still think it's Texas, really, because here's the thing. I think Sark has been under immense pressure, going back to last year, has been under immense pressure to force the offense through Quinn Ewers. Now, whether that was donors telling him to do that, whether that was his own – desire to almost have a Riley-esque reputation of, oh, quarterback whisperer, come to Texas and I'll get you in the first round and a Heisman and this, that, the other, to the detriment of the actual results of the team. I don't know what it was, Tyler, but the fact of the matter is, you look at the OSU game last year, he had the best, maybe the best player in college football, certainly the best running back in college football, already one of the best running backs in the NFL, sitting back there on a windy day, and they let Quinn Ewers throw the ball nearly 50 times. And Quinn Ewers lost him that game. So I think the question is, I think Texas has a good defense. I think Texas has a good running game. Now that Quinn is out, does Sark just say, hey, look, I have no pressure to make Malik a first-round pick, you know, down the stretch. I can actually just try and call to my strengths and try and just win these games. I think that might be what happens, and I think that's why I'm still selecting Texas to meet us in the Big 12 Championship?
1: Well, the first three responses are
2: three different games.
1: OU versus Texas because Murphy's a blinking stud. Um, this one for the 2-1-4, Bedlam rematch for the Big 12 title. Jamie from Drumright says OU versus Kansas State in the Big 12 Championship game. So we're kind well, of uh, – we, we Proves we, your we, point. Well, all we need now is an OU Iowa State, and uh, we, we've got, a, you know – most of the options there, submit, all yeah, the options Yahtzee. there. Yeah, we got the Yahtzee there for OU opponents in the Big 12 championship. Man, yeah. I, I'm really torn right now on um, OU Texas and OU Kansas State. I I want to pick OU and Kansas State because they're playing some good football here recently. But, man, I there, there's still a couple of games this year where they've played bad, 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 bad on offense. And that was before... Avery Johnson, the freshman, got got involved with the offense, but man, I mean, Will Howard, he he did a lot of nice uh, a lot of nice things last year, but that game at Oklahoma State, he he was terrible. So as much as I want to pick Kansas State, and not that I can really trust Texas all that much after what happened in Houston, what happened against Wyoming, and some other games this year, I I, I can't convince myself that I really trust Kansas State either. I guess offensively, consistently. So I'll stick with OU and Texas for now, but I do think Texas loses another game before the conference championship game.
2: Well, um, that would be interesting. Are you picking that? Let's see. Who do you think they? Specifically Iowa State. Lose to? I'll, I'll say they lose to Iowa State in Ames. Okay. Okay. Wow. What? I mean, what a what a turnaround that would be. I'd have to go back to saying nice things about Matt Campbell, which I'm quite honestly not prepared to do, but. Um, if he were to turn around from the mess that they had in the off season, I mean we may we poke fun at it all the time. When I'm up in Kansas this weekend, I might actually lay down some bets myself. Uh, but for if he were to turn around again, take down what is still gonna be a top ten team at the time, likely, I mean that's God, that's that would be that would be a big win for him. And uh Yeah, I it's I think it's gotta be tech I, specifically because of the defense, Tyler. If Kansas defense in the run game carry, carry Texas to the Big 12 championship. Yeah,
1: that's uh, if Kansas State wins in Austin, so K-State plays at Texas the same week that uh, Bedlam happened, so I mean a, w- a week from Saturday. K-State goes down there and wins. What, they would have a game lead over Texas at that point. They mm-hmm. would have the tiebreaker with only three games left for K-State, and I think for Texas as well. Um, and K-State would play Baylor at home, at Kansas, and Iowa State at home. So here I am trying to talk myself ah. back into Kansas State again. If K-State can go down to Austin and win, they might be in the uh, driver's seat to, to face OU in the championship game.
2: Yeah, that was my preseason uh, pick was Kansas State and Oklahoma uh, was to meet there. So I, I would like to go there. Like I said, I'm not sure that I can. But, yeah, you paint an interesting picture. And here's the thing, Tyler. We talked about this in the preseason. If Steve Sarkeesian – I know he's got the baked-in excuse now with with Quinn, but – with the most loaded team that he's ever had at Texas, and I mean, am I wrong in saying no? I don't think I'm wrong in saying Malik Murphy is still the only five star quarterback that will be starting in the Big Twelve, right?
1: I mean, unless Jackson Arnold somehow starts a game this year, which
2: I don't foresee happening. Avery Johnson jumped up the rankings late. I don't think he, he did get to made a, a five star. Yeah, he was, but the- he did well at Elite, elite Eleven, obviously, and he so. So I'm trying to think, like, if if you're if you're a Texas fan, if you're Steve Sarkeesian anything, like, yeah, missing Quinn is one thing, but I've never been under the impression that Quinn's all that great. And Malik Murphy you can still do a lot of fun stuff with, and he's a five-star. So it's not like, you know, with all due respect to my guy Davis Bevel, it, it's not quite the drop-off that we saw going from, like, what we did with Dylan Gabriel to Davis, right? I mean, it, you're dropping off to – one of the most physically impressive dudes at the position in the country. Oh, yeah, he was also a five-star, and oh, yeah, he's been in the system for a while. So I know he's, they're going to have baked-in excuses if they don't make the Big 12 championship or win the Big 12 championship, but, Tyler, this is their, this is their best team they've ever had, or the best team they've had in Lawrence since probably 09, Yeah, and they could squander it again.
1: Yeah, they could. Uh, I was wondering if Keaton Slovis at BYU was a um, five-star coming out of Arizona. Back in the day, he was just a three-star composite. Thought he was Well, because he had
2: that big year, that freshman year at USC, right, yep. that he got all that hype from.
1: Yeah. Jeff from OKC says, if we want to follow the 2,000 similarities, it would need to be Kansas State in the conference championship game. <laughs> Left-handed quarterback, Arkansas State on the schedule. There's some similarities, yes. But you, you need to play. Need to beat Kansas State by three in the uh, Big 12 championship game. If you want to go that route. If Sar- that
2: happens, Tyler, then, yeah, I'll,
1: I'll dust off my tinfoil hat. Sark's Vodka says, I want Kansas State one more time. Now, I'm not going to disagree with that. Like, I, I would love to play Kansas State, beat them in that game, have scoreboard over those guys, avenge the loss last year. But as nice as that would be, ah, I don't know, guys. Nothing is sweeter to me than winning the conference championship on your way out and doing so by beating Texas twice in the same year. Now that yeah. that would be that would be awesome for multiple reasons.
2: I get that, and this is this is going to the text line is going to say this is a loser mentality, and it might be, but if if we don't, Tyler, if we don't win the Big Twelve championship, it cannot be Texas. Can't be. It absolutely cannot be Texas. So I think I think you can still accomplish that goal of hey, look, we won it the last year we were in it you know in this iteration of the conference we won exactly half of the titles of all time nobody of course will will catch that you know in the next however many years you still achieve all that by beating Kansas State and oh yeah you beat a team that has been a bugaboo for you and a team that Brent Venables came from, you know, you've got some storylines there. That the, they're the defending Big 12 champions, so you kind of took it, you know, from the team that won it last year. So you've got a lot of storylines there, and I personally think it's it would be equally as funny, if not funnier and sweeter, that Texas is sitting at home that weekend.
1: Jalapeno says OU Texas, uh, 918, whatever it takes to get OU matched with Taco Tech. In the Big 12 championship game, let's all <laughs> agree to do our part. Is it mathematically possible at this point for Texas Tech to make the Big 12 championship game? Bro, it can't be. I, I mean, how many conference
2: losses do they have already? Like three, uh, I think, maybe? It can't <laughs> be. I mean, there would have to be – what would have to happen is all the newcomers are, would just have to catch fire because those are the teams that can't seem to win any Big 12 games. Like, they would just have to catch fire and create some havoc down the stretch in order for T- Texas Tech to make it. I almost called it Taco Tech.
1: Uh, yeah, just, just, just keep it going. Why not, right? Someone <laughs> on the text line already said it. A-Train can't give your mark a chance to keep the championship in the Big 12. I definitely agree with that. Oh, the boos are going to be so epic. Uh, like, well, there won't be boos when OU wins the Big 12 championship and they're getting presented with the trophy. But when they say Brett your mark, Brett your mark is here to present the Big 12 Championship Trophy to Oklahoma. AT&T Stadium is going to rain with booze, like Dak Prescott just threw his fifth interception. It's going to be amazing.
2: Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be like Roger Goodell at the draft.
1: Um, Ryan Wingo just picked Texas, by the way, the five-star
2: wide receiver. <laughs> Interesting. Weird. I seem to recall that Williams Winery told Parker that He, uh, Chris McClellan, and uh, Ryan Wingo were all going to end up at Missouri together. So, man, I wonder how Williams-Wanary feels being the only one of that trio that is committed to the Tigers.
1: Three minutes ago, five-star wide wide receiver Ryan Wingo picks the University of Texas. Six-foot-two, 200 pounds from St. Louis, picked Texas over Missouri. Missouri had felt good about that one for about a week and a half, two weeks feel like all the momentum turned to Missouri side, not so much. So would you, and Parker and I talked about this during locked in, but would you think that this is actually, not that you ever want your biggest rival to get a five-star wide receiver, but it could turn out to be a good thing because it helps you with Williams Winery, the five-star defensive lineman, now that he's not going to Missouri, Ryan Wingo?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I think you've got to look at yourself uh, and say, would I rather have, who many think is the best defensive end in the country, on my team, and have Texas have another five-star receiver? They keep on. They they keep having five-star receivers. It, it they they don't seem to really matter all that much in their history. So would I rather have that or both of them be on Missouri? Yeah, give me the number one defensive end in the country, please. I don't care. How, give Texas two five stars. I don't care. Let us. Let us. And Miguel Chavis and Todd Bates and Brent Venables, let them have the guy uh, that they want. Let them have Williams Winery. Five yes, eight oh. I
1: want a match with uh, Texas down uh, to Arch in the championship game. Which uh, Arch? I don't think Arch has played in a game. He hasn't logged a. Uh, he hasn't logged any stats so far this year. He didn't have any passes. So I'm guessing they are very concerned about keeping Arch's red shirt. So I, I think it would have to take a lot for Arch to end up being – like Malik Murphy is going to have to be terrible or Malik Murphy's going to have to get hurt, I think, for Arch to be the starter at some point this year. Because it doesn't right. look like he's played any.
2: Well, and, and Tyler, the interesting part isn't um, isn't whether or not he's going to be the starter. It's Is he going to get any run? Because it's not that you start a game – you burn a game off that red shirt count. It's if you appear in a game. So the real question is, say Texas gets up really big on a team, right? Do they leave Malik Murphy in and and risk him getting injured? I don't even know who their fourth T- string turn in hand the
1: entire time probably. Which, you, know what I, yeah. you know what I mean, but yeah.
2: but that like that that leaves an interesting. What if his helmet comes off and you got to put somebody else in to take a snap? Do you just put Savion Red back there and run a wildcat? Like there are situations that having like being down to your backup really presents some problems if you're trying to retain a red shirt for your third year. I think guy.
1: Savion Red. Pro- I mean, if they're really that concerned with preserving the red shirt, and it kind of feels like they are at this point. If it's like a helmet pops off situation, Savion Red's running in there to run the Wildcat is what it sounds like.
2: Right, right. No, I, I, that's what I would. That's what I would agree with. And or they might just call a timeout, depending on you know where they're at in the game. But with, I mean, I believe the Manning camp, uh, and I put that in uh, air quotes for those of you that aren't here at Andy B's with me. But the Manning camp. I believe said prior to him showing up to Texas that the plan was for him to redshirt in his I, freshman yeah, year. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's which we all kind of laughed correct. at
2: because we were like, "Oh, he's the number one player in the country, the best pro prospect since whoever," and but he's not even like there's not even a discussion that he might be ready to play. Like, well, then how is he the greatest prospect in the country? Like, what are we doing here?
1: OU Med, by the way, says Brett mark will pull a mule shoe and call in sick for the Big 12 championship game <laughs> oh, to avoid uh, awarding the trophy to either Oklahoma or Texas. <laughs> nice. That's pretty good. <laughs> very, uh, very nice. Um, well, Arch Manning will be on the roster at Texas next year, and they wanted him to redshirt this first year. That's fine. I'm guessing they want him to start or play a lot in year two. What happens if Quinn Ewers comes back? Because this is back-to-back years he's been hurt, I don't see him mocked anywhere in the first round. Like, I, I, Is Quinn Ewers going to have a choice? Does he have to come back? Like, their quarterback situation could get – I don't know if is the right word, but it could get interesting in a hurry for Sark.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, we we, we talk about what if Dylan Gabriel comes back, you know, after like a, a Heisman candidate-type season. That's some interesting discussions that have to happen. Like, with Quinn – I think it's kind of the same argument, at least some same dynamics as the argument for Dylan is, look, you've had some health concerns. This is, I mean, second year in a row where Quinn has not been healthy. Um, Eventually, NFL scouts are going to say, oh, not only is he not really performing at a level relative to his, you know, recruiting ranking, but now he hasn't been able to finish seasons, like, that's going to affect his draft status. So it might be in his best interest. While he's still closer to that, you know, top-ranked recruit era of Quinn Ewers, the farther he gets away from that, the worse he looks. So, say that, declare, cool, see you later. It's a clean break. With Dylan Gabriel, it's one of those. Look, this is, I mean, do you really want to come back and face Alabama and LSU and all these teams? In your last year, after you just put up Heisman type numbers and you're a year older and you've had some health concerns, like uh, there, are, there are a lot of parallels there, but I, I don't see Quinn coming back. I really don't.
1: Uh, I just, Ladonna from Lubbock's one of my favorites on the Tex line. Oh, yeah. Because I, I, we won't hear from Ladonna all day. Tech is mentioned and it's gag on, Tech. No way. OU Texas <laughs> all the way in the Big 12 because we're both leaving. We would just have to beat them. So what is Ladonna hear something about Tech? She's, uh, she, she's ready to rip the, the Texas Tech, even though she lives in Lubbock. I love that. Uh, all right, 405-651-3439 is the Meyer Chevrolet text line. You guys are killing on the text line. Appreciate that. We'll get to more of your text. And, yes, more OU football as well right here on The Ref.
0: This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network.
1: Central Oklahoma view GMC dealers bringing you the hour of the Rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davison. Travis is at Andy B's in Tulsa with a location coming soon to OKC. What's
2: going on at Andy B's? Man, this place stays popping, man. They, uh, they, they've got all the bowling leagues during the day. They've got a couple high school uh, bowling teams out here. I should have done that in high school, man. These people are having a blast. Uh, but – They've got the nightmare on Andy b street that's their Halloween pop up bar so corporate events parties uh this that and the other live entertainment they got all that going on out here uh, they've got service industry night seven p m to close every wednesday tyler seven seven dollars gets you unlimited bowling, which is crazy you got beer and food specials just if you're in the service industry, come on out after 7 p.m. Uh, they've got that Oklahoma City location opening up uh, out by you later this fall. Uh, 11917 North Pennsylvania Ave is that. Uh, they've got locations all over, man. Branson and uh, I think Springfield, they've got one. and They've got a couple in Texas. I think they're really, uh, they're really blowing up, and they're getting ready to do some major renovations here. So big things going on at Andy B's, no doubt.
1: Uh, okay, back to the text line from the seven two zero. Good question here. Guys, why is Texas so worried about Arch's fifth year? Do you think JFA is worried about five years at OU? No, because he's J-freaking-A. He knows what he's going to do in the league after three years at OU. What's Arch thinking? I'm going to guess it's not so much about the fifth year. I'm guessing, Travis, that redshirting him this year is just more of a – not being thrown to the fire type of situation. Um, like Is Arch at Texas for five years? I would guess probably not. I think the red-shirting idea is just more of, all right, let's get him acclimated with the offense, college football, the speed, and then in year two, he can start. I think that's what it's probably more about than anything.
2: Here, let me... Uh, hold on, i got to put my tinfoil hat on real quick. Bear with me. All right, all right, there we go. Okay, so you want to know why... Tyler is they are redshirting him Malik's gonna come back next year he's gonna start and they might have a, a, a small maybe a maybe a, a tweaked hamstring or something like that to really to, to really bring home that that arch doesn't need to play they're gonna wait until um, Peyton Manning Eli Manning whoever the Manning camp essentially buys ownership into an NFL team and then they're going to have that team draft Arch Manning with maybe one-year experience, maybe less than one-year experience, just based on the, well, you know, same reason you have to go to any camps and be number one, man. It's just the genes. He's got that pedigree, that Hall of Fame quarterback pedigree. I think he's a guy that, that they're going to try and hide for as long as they can while still maintaining his draft stock.
1: So he's going to play. He's he's not going to play and still find his way to a multi million dollar contract. That's uh, that's your tin tin foil hat theory. Yeah, don't yep. no, hey, At- hit R- Russell Wilson will get replaced by Arch Manning. You heard it here first in Denver. Yep. Yeah, there.
2: <laughs> Poor Marvin Mims going to have to catch from uh, some some ducks from Arch Manning.
1: Yeah, I do feel bad for Marvin Mims. Sounds like they need to play more out there in Denver. But uh, I don't I don't know if. Uh, I don't know what could help the Denver Broncos right now. They're in a uh, they're in a world of hurts, world of hurt at this point. Two one four. Malik Murphy is going to transfer. Mark it down. I would tend to agree with that. Um, Spartan sooner not come back.
2: If Quinn doesn't come back, I think Malik stays, and I don't think Quinn comes back. I mean, with with Malik, I mean he's getting to play this year, and who knows? You, nobody knows what Arch is. You saw him play against. Well, a, a he, bunch, is, he uh, is a man in a, a five year star, so that normally matters right. in the uh, grand scheme of a uh, selection for a quarterback. Right, but he's also they, we all watched him in the spring game. He stunk that up. Yeah. Right now, Malik Murphy is better than him because he's playing. And if 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 Arch really gave you the best opportunity to win, they would play him. So what's to say that next year Malik, again, doesn't give you the best opportunity, which here's a hint, he does. Um, and, I just have and a hard Ars- time
1: believing a Manning is not going to be the quarterback next year, and I'm not saying that he's great. I'm not well, saying Well, what if that-
2: he goes out there and stinks it up and throws four, t- four interceptions in his first game? You think Malik Murphy's on the sideline going – all right, surely they're not they're, they're going to yeah, put me I mean, in and, and the, maybe fake an injury. The spring
1: game, he didn't look great. He was also playing behind, like, the third string offensive line at Texas. But but whatever. I, I don't know. I just I don't think it's a slam dunk that Ewers is gone. And if he is back, Arch Manning's back, like Malik Murphy's gone. And I think Malik Murphy's probably starting somewhere at another, at another uh, Power 5 school. Yeah. But they don't have yeah. Jackson Arnold starting next year. Oh, OU's uh, quarterback picture is uh, a lot easier to read going into next year.
2: God, gorgeous, Arnold isn't State. it? I mean, Jackson Arnold will start at the beginning of the year. I would imagine General Booty is your backup because he'd be in the system. Then his third year, and he's been running the scout team the entire time. I think he starts at least, like at least through spring and whatnot, being kind of your your backup, um, just because of all the the mental things that have to go into this offense. And then you've got Zerbrug and Michael Hawkins Jr. as true freshmen. That are trying to take that that second position away from him, and uh, and you see where you're at. But no, I mean all the way down to Sperry, guy, you are you are in really good shape in the quarterback position, Norman, Oklahoma.
1: By the way, I, I think Malik Murphy is going to look like a good player as well. But there is a chance we come back Monday and say, "Ooh, we over overvalued his uh, throwing ability a little bit."
2: I, well, hey, some of, some of my favorite times, Tyler, as an OU fan, was. Uh, you know, waking up Saturday morning, uh, and uh, instead of cartoons, I would fire up the old Texas message boards and go over, and they would do like a live thread of Malik Murphy's games uh, his senior year when he was there. And, oh, my gosh, the meltdowns were
0: incredible.
2: They were, oh, it's Tyron Swoops all over again. Oh, no, he can't hit a broadside of a barn. He, he either throws the ball 100 miles an hour or he uh, tucks and runs like he does nothing. Oh my gosh! It was so much fun. So much fun.
1: Burbank Pirate, Texas will start the celebrity quarterback just like they did with uh, Chris Sims. Apple White was the better quarterback. I guess you never know, I guess you never really know what's going to happen in Austin, Texas, right? Who's yeah. going to get the? Nod well, I think Sims spots. Apple, I think
2: Sims and Applewhite, I think are still better options than Arch Manning personally. But who knows? He may go out there and prove me wrong.
1: How about Nebraska? <laughs> How about Nebraska's recruiting tactic today? pulling their own semi-truck into the state of Iowa where Grant Bricks resides and goes to high school, and they pulled the semi-truck, the Nebraska semi-truck, right outside of his high school in Logan, Iowa, to uh, impress him one last time. I mean, there's nothing impressive about the Nebraska semi-truck. It doesn't have any recent bowl victories or conference championships, so I'm not sure what they're trying to accomplish, but... I just don't think the semi truck pulling in, unless it's loaded with cash, is going to affect right. uh,
2: Grant Bricks' decision here. It feels a bit desperate, personally, because I mean these. This was a team that had high hopes with Matt Rule coming in. Uh, you know, encouraging performance early, thought, and then maybe that Colorado loss. They're like, well, Colorado, they got two Heisman contenders. You know, they're they they might be a playoff team. Of course, we're going to lose to them. Well, now we see what Colorado is, and and and. You know, Nebraska football has fallen on hard times and has not been able to get up yet. So it feels desperate to drive the semi out there, the the equipment truck out there, and park it there. I don't – is is that even legal? Like, is that a recruiting violation? Can you drive the truck and park it on the kids' like high school grounds? Like, I don't know, man. It, it seems kind of like weird. Sounds tex- like
1: something and, Texas A&M has probably done before. But maybe they've done it with the helicopter or something.
2: Right. It's just – It just reeks of desperation. But my question is, do they have reason to believe that a decision is coming quickly would be my question. Yeah, if you're pulling that
1: kind of move, then you think uh, this is our one last. And if that's your one last effort there, again, it's a weird Hail Mary Mary for sure. But, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of feels like we're getting to the end or toward the end of the Grant Bricks recruitment finally. Hopefully. Right, I
2: mean, it's – I don't know. Did, did somebody just say – like they were talking in the operations and they were like, hey, uh, yeah, this is a kid, you know, likes – he likes to farm, he's got cattle, likes big trucks. And somebody had a light bulb and said, did you say big trucks? <laughs> We've got a big truck. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. And then they took off. I mean, I would love to have been a fly on the wall in that meeting room, Tyler, just to, just to see, A – who came up with the idea and B if there was anybody that was like guys that's that is super lame
1: fair point Gunny did they have a new tractor for the Bricks family in that hauler maybe maybe they had something enticing uh E Freaky from Illinois says dumb dumb move by Matt Rule should have brought a cattle trailer <laughs>
2: exactly. would have played his recruit a little bit more exactly but that's the thing I mean Nebraska's look real bad this year this is always kind of a Hey, look, if you want to stay home and, and do the agricultural thing, go to Nebraska. If you want to play in the NFL, you go to Oklahoma. And those extremes have been just pulled to the sides, right, Tyler? It's, they oh, are two wins the...
1: from a bowl game, which um, they haven't made a bowl game in about six years.
2: Right. Those two wins might be hard to find. I know they're in a crappy division, but those two wins might be hard to find. But with with that, it's we knew before the season, Tyler, it's, look, if you want to do the agricultural thing, stay close to home. You, you go to Nebraska. If you want to actually play in the NFL, you come play under Bill Biedenboe. Well, ever since we said that, Tyler, Oklahoma is undefeated, and Nebraska is what Nebraska is. So those have just been exacerbated on both sides. So here's to hoping the kid wants to play in the NFL.
1: Fair point, UConn, Bob. A&M would pull up in an armored car. Yes,
2: probably so. <laughs> Yeah, Brink's truck.
1: 405-651-3439 is the Meyer Chevrolet text line. More text, more OU football as well right here on The Ref. Mike Steele here for Year Home Comfort Systems, your trusted home comfort experts in the Oklahoma City metro area. Tim Lasher and his team have more than 130 years of combined experience. They recognize...
0: management ...from Armstrong Bank, so you can focus on what's most important, taking care of your business. Armstrong Bank. Strength runs in our family. Visit armstrong.bank. Member FDIC.
1: It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Travis is at Andy B's in Tulsa. Location coming soon to OKC. Here's kind of a uh, o- overlooked aspect from Saturday's game. Especially as we look forward to Saturday. Do we feel a lot better about punter here moving forward after what Luke Elzinga did on Saturday against UCF? It's like a 51.6 average. Travis, that wasn't just a good game by Luke Elzinga. It was one of the best games by an OU punter in maybe a while.
2: Yeah, it's the sixth best performance in program history for a single game as far as just yardage goes, as far as the yardage average goes. And Tyler, it would rank, the 51.6 would rank number one nationally in punting average. Not bad number one nationally and by a significant margin Tyler the 51.6 the same distance between that and the current number one is the same distance between the current number one and the current number 10 like it would be a gap so not only that but the four that were down inside the 20 that's good punting uh one thing I know we all miss Turk because you could hear the ball come off his foot; it was so loud, and he could he could bomb them deep, but he kicked a lot of touchbacks, man. A
1: lot of touchbacks, like a lot of them.
2: He he tried often to uh, you know to stop it on the one, right? And it's like uh, every once in a while, like it's okay to stop it on like the fifteen. You know what I mean? Like give it a chance to not roll through the end zone. So I think that uh, I think Elzinga is your guy. And, Tyler, perhaps more importantly, it shows that they're willing midseason to make a specialist change.
1: Well, and that's kind of the, the next question, right, is if Zach Schmidt – I'm guessing Zach Schmidt starts on Saturday. Uh, the way that Brent showed a lot of confidence in him in the postgame press conference, it just it feels like Zach Schmidt is going to start on Saturday. But if he misses his first attempt, would they make a change in the middle of the game? And like you're saying – Maybe that decision is a little bit easier for the staff, seeing as they put in Luke Elzinga, and it was one of the best punting performances in program history. <laughs> yeah. Which, by I mean, the way, I, wouldn't it be funny if they make that change midseason? Luke Elzinga ends up being one of the best punters in school history.
2: Well, that'd be interesting. He, he better hurry because he's not young. He's a redshirt senior, transfer from Central Michigan. So um, it's you got to make the most. You got to make the most of it while he's here. So. With that, I wonder if he's going to punt enough to qualify for any awards. I don't think he will. So even if he leads the nation by well, you five, six-yard right? average. You would hope right, not at e- this point. Right, exactly. So um, and what's interesting is going through the national statistics, Plaster doesn't even qualify in the national range right now because we're not punting two-and-a-half times a game, which is typically the bar that they use. But um, anyways, with the with the kicking situation – yeah, I think it, it at least gives Brent Venables a a little bit more confidence in a, in a dice roll, right? Because if you go out there and you're like, "All right, we're going to replace plaster after uh, after the Texas game, we'll go with Elzinga, And Elzinga, like drops one, he gets another one blocked, he, you know, punts one 20 yards out of bounds, like then you're like, "Okay, I shouldn't switch specialists mid-season. That was that was, that was a poor risk." Then I don't think you, I don't think there's any chance of of a new field goal kicker because of that going so poorly. But yeah, when Elzinga comes in and balls out like he did, I'm sure at least there's something in the back of his head going, eh, "We might try it." But there's no way that he's going to say that in a press conference afterwards. So it's an
1: interesting spot for Zach Schmidt because of what the weather forecast looks like, and there could be some rain. It's going to be cold, but just not great overall conditions. Like the conditions almost remind me of what the West Virginia game was last year. And they put Zach Schmidt in some spots towards the end of the game that were you know, pretty long field goals and not you know, not great weather. Um, learning from that and seeing as how he struggled here recently, what does he missed, four out of his past eight, I wonder how they would handle certain situations such as a fourth and three from the Kansas 31-yard. You know what I mean? Like With the kicker coming in, the way that he's been kicking and the weather that could be there on Saturday, I wonder if that that impacts any fourth down or game management decisions. I guess we'll have to wait and see till Saturday to what the weather actually looks like, but I'm, I'm guessing it could.
2: Yeah, I mean, right now, Tyler, uh, Oklahoma ranks seventh nationally in fourth down conversion rate at 80%. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of those are just one-yard gains here and there. Uh, maybe two, whatnot, but yeah, I think, you, I think you can start to stretch it out, right? I mean, if you're if you're picking him up at a clip, 80%, especially if you feel like you've found some things out in the running game, maybe, uh, or you have a matchup that you like, sure. I mean, try it out, but yeah, it, his field goals that he's missed haven't been chip shots, and I think he's made the third most amount of extra points out of anybody that hasn't missed an extra point nationally, so you know the short ones, he seems to be fine on. It's just once you stretch him out a little bit. Obviously, we remember the Texas one most vividly, but you know, with, unless Gavin Marshall gets real healthy real quickly, I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna see a lot of uh, Zach Schmidt.
1: The only other complaint I heard from uh, about the special teams on Saturday was, and it wasn't from you know the majority, just just from some. Gavin Freeman, you can call a fair catch, man. You you, you don't have to catch the ball and get absolutely smashed after you uh, catch the football. That's going to cost us at some point. And and I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. Like, I I like Gavin Freeman being aggressive and wanting to make a play. But there are times where you can call for the fair catch. And there was at least one point on Saturday where – save yourself a little bit there, Gavin. Just don't take that hit when it's completely unnecessary.
2: Yeah, but I don't know, man. I – I dig it because he's aggressive, and the mantra of Brent Venables is attack, attack. And yeah, he's gonna end up dropping one. I get it. He we may not even recover it. I get it. But you know, throughout the season, he's at least he's at least plus one in the touchdown department. Um, if he if he ends up you know every game saving us. I don't know, cumulatively 30, 40 yards of, of field position or, I don't know, 80, 90 yards and a score or something like that. I say keep catching them, man. Keep catching him. Right now, you're on the correct side of the ledger. Keep catching him. I'm just
1: trying to help a help a guy out, man, Try, trying to save him a little bit from taking nah. those hits he took.
2: Nah. He's, Which maybe he
1: digs it. He just gets right back up. He's ready to go. All right, what's up, what's up? But, man. Yeah, he uh, took at least one big hit on Saturday. He's he's tough. been good overall as a punt returner, that's for sure. All right, we'll get to more of your texts, more OU football, college football as well on the other side. Keep it locked right here on The Ref.
0: The word is spreading, and The Ref Army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's The Ref.
2: To help those in need get the same opportunities as everyone else, we truly are making our country a better place to live for all of us. So look for volunteer opportunities in your community to help others achieve the American dream, all right? This message is courtesy of the United States Air Force.
1: This football season, make every game day a touchdown with Chick-fil-A 12th Avenue in East Norman. We believe in creating memorable moments and what's more memorable than cheering for your team with delicious food in hand. Tailgates, team meals, birthdays, and celebrations, it would be our pleasure to serve you. Call us today at 405-310-3189 for all your catering needs. Sandwiches, nuggets, delicious sauces to tasty gallons
0: of lemonade, sweet or unsweet tea. Be the tailgate champion with the 12th Avenue Chick-fil-A in Norman. Eat more chicken and boomers sooner.
1: Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush as we go to the text line. Cole and KC says, hey, guys, just throwing it out there. There are a ton of tickets on the KU Athletics website. It would be really cool if there were more OU fans there again this year, like it's been forever. There's no uh, – I don't know if there's no greater flex, but there are uh, – it's a pretty awesome flex when you can have more fans – at the visiting stadium than the home team has. That happened once this year at Tulsa. Uh, I don't feel like that's going to be the, the case at Kansas this weekend, but I, I guess I could be totally off about that because there are tickets on the secondary market for about $35 apiece listed.
2: Yeah, with, with it being their homecoming, I would truly be shocked uh, if Oklahoma was able to turn it crimson, but... I think there's going to be a significant amount of them there because, you know, again, Lawrence is a fun place. It's a short trip for a lot of people. There are a lot of, uh, you know, kind of those Midwest Sooners that are going to run out of games to go to that are kind of local to them once we move to the SEC, Uh, and and it's an affordable ticket. It was a lot of the reason that I've been to so many of them. Um, So, yeah, buy them up. If you're listening now and you're, you know, waffling a bit on whether to go or not, why not thirty five bucks a ticket? Now after fees, that's thirty five hundred. But thirty five bucks a ticket, man. Well, that's Knocked after out. that's
1: after two tickets. Yeah, thirty five hundred after the fees. Yeah, exactly. Jeez, exactly. It is insane. Five eight zero says unless we are near the fifty, put JFA in on fourth down. The last time they put Jackson Arnold in on a fourth down play was that right before the half against. Tulsa, the third game of the season. Well,
2: well, technically they put him in. Against they put Central him in last Florida, week, but it, but it caused a timeout. Right,
1: yeah, but uh, like, an actual play has happened. I think Tulsa might be the last time.
2: Yeah, you know they're wanting to throw out of that. I mean, I I I know that they have they have that available to them. That is part of that package. We can confirm um, he
1: can throw. That that's for sure. Yes.
2: So with that and seeing Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson run out there with him, uh, one game. Those were the only snaps I think those two guys played was when they went out with him um, on that package. So, yeah, we'll see it. If nothing else, it'll force a timeout from uh, Um And then, I don't know, maybe we'll see him throw. That Wouldn't that be exciting? Boy, there
1: was a time, and it was about two months ago, a month and a half, two months ago, where it was, all right, man, there's all this incentive to get Jackson Arnold ready for the SEC, getting him as many reps as possible when you can, maybe even give him a series during the game. That thought just – it seems like forever ago, doesn't it? You have Dylan Gabriel. He's a Heisman candidate, and you want him on the field at all times. Not that you don't want Jackson Arnold in there and to get some quality reps, but you don't want to do it at the expense of taking number eight off the field at this point.
2: Yeah. At this point, again, we've we've talked about it on these airwaves and on this show, Tyler. It's pad Dylan's numbers, get him to New York, let Jeff Lebby go to New York, and – and have that moment right and 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 then basically say hey look man this is your stocks never going to be higher it is the cleanest for the, for for the biggest of Jackson Arnold fans you should be wanting Dylan Gabriel to play all four quarters and yeah. put up gaudy's stats and i guess Arnold that, that is what's best for you
1: Arnold will have four non conference games before his that first SEC game right like they've right. released the non conference schedule in the weeks they're fall- so He'll have four starts under his belt before his first SEC game. So take care of this year. And and that's that's how they're approaching it right now, which is smart. All right, final hour of the rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.
0: You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app.